0: You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live.
1: ho ho everybody good evening welcome to another episode of review and preview the final episode mm. of 2022 my name is tom scavetta joined alongside my co-host for the evening noah dog die blurred noah how are you doing tonight
2: doing really good man and uh well this is you know first of all everyone merry christmas happy holidays it is the season but uh this is gonna be a bit of a depressing show honestly you know it's always nice you know on other shows to get to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs winning, going undefeated, winning championship. Get to talk to Braves, win the World Series. But you know, sometimes I got to talk about my other team, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the absolute joke that they are, haven't won anything for fifty six years, and uh, it's not looking good for them again. Uh, we're gonna talk about them. We're gonna talk about the NFC South, um, a lot of other stuff as well. Uh, but I'm doing good, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent, and uh, well, my team is eight five and one, a little bit better off this season. But folks. Mm-hmm. We have a special guest coming on in any moment. Uh, But before we bring him up, make sure to go check us out on all of our social media. If you haven't already, it's been scrolling across our ticker. We'll leave it up there for another moment. Leave a like and share the show. Uh, Leaving a like will help with the new Facebook algorithm. Uh, The show will be seen more in groups. uh, If you leave a like on this podcast, we really appreciate you. And, yes, we do wish everyone a happy holidays. And without further ado, let's bring on our guest for the evening, Sean Militello from Off the Dome Sports, huge avid Brian Kelly fan, LSU fan, and most importantly, NFC South New Orleans Saints fan from Off the Dome Sports. Sean, how are you? Happy holidays.
3: Happy holidays, everybody. I'm doing great here in the okay state of Louisiana. Uh, you know, we always got... A great big pot of gumbo cooking down here, um, you know, getting ready for the winter festivities, um, getting down that road. You know, one thing about the Saint season, the one thing that makes me happy, uh, you know, it's a complete sweep against those dirty birds. I'm sorry to rub it in your face, mm-hmm. Noah, mm-hmm. but, you know, 2-0 and – we, you know, we lost to Tampa. We lost to Carolina. We lost to Tampa twice. But the only division team we beat twice is the Atlanta Falcons.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I knew that was coming about five minutes into the show because, look, you know, it is what it is. The Saints' rivals to each other's. Uh, Saints and Falcons are each other's biggest rival. Uh, these are the games you circle on the calendar. Look, even when the Falcons, you know, had terrible seasons, I I remember years where I think two years we actually managed to sweep the Saints, even though our teams were crap, uh, especially one of those years. We didn't even we were like six and ten, but we still somehow swept the Saints. And it's like, you know what? We sucked, but at least we swept them. And so, you know, from the other side, I can see that from Saints fans. I think both our teams are absolutely abysmal. But, you know, take what you can get, I guess. Um, You know, the series record is now tied, uh, which is a bit of a joke considering we had like a 20-game lead at some point. Falcons blow and leads like they always do, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, both games are very close, but as usual, he finds some way to blow it once again. As Sean says, who dat? Who dat?
1: <sighs> All right, so 21-18, Sean. Um, Andy Dalton found Jawan Johnson twice in the end zone, and
3: Rashid who? Rashid Shaheed. Who is that? Rashid Rahid, uh, undrafted rookie at a Weber State, I believe. What a gem we have in him. I tell you what, he is a playmaker. Uh, I saw that he's averaging like 22 yards per catch so far. Um, And probably half of those catches he has made this year have been touchdowns. Which which is funny, Um, and he's been a great punt returner as well. You know, we had Deontay Hardy, a guy that was looking great. He was looking like a secret weapon. You know, five foot five speedster, looking like a wide receiver version of Deontay, uh, not Deontay, Darren Sproles. But you know, he gets hurt. He's unhappy with his role, and comes. Rahid Shahid, right? Rahid. <laughs> yeah. I always get mixed up between his first and last name. So him and Olave are going to be two to be reckoned with for the future for the Saints. And I'm glad you brought up Jawan Johnson. He's been a top 10 tight end this year in the NFL. Top 10. Yes, I said it. So top five in fantasy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not too sure on that one. You can check. But it, 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 there's some pieces – we just need to figure it out, and uh, we'll see what happens from here.
2: Yeah, no, this is this is just how the Falcons are, man. You know, good old Rashid Wallace scoring a seventy-yard <laughs> touchdown on us. Most people probably don't <laughs> know this one play. And they scored a 70-yard touchdown. This is just how the Falcons do Taysom Hill at quarterback, too. Yeah, t- Taysom Hill whenever he comes in the game. You know he's doing two things. He's either throwing deep or running, and they still can't stop it at all. Um, Juwan Johnson, seven touchdowns this year. Uh, probably scored about half of those against the Falcons because their defense is just – they can't cover tight ends. But, you know, they're doing great. Dalton did what he had to do. Um, our defense sucks. Um You know, it is what it is, but, uh, season's over. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the NFC South, but, um, yeah, no, a close game. Um, the most Falcons ending ever, you know, I swear in like five minutes, I was like, you go from no hope. And then they're having that drive and you think, Oh, they just conferred a fourth down and then he fumbles. And it's like, Oh my God, this is the most Falcons ending to a game imaginable, just like pure elation in one second. And then they're just like absolutely defeated. And then, of course, the Saints somehow have to fumble on a freaking fourth down where they're trying to quarterback sneak to end the game. It's like, oh, you know, maybe we can chuck it deep and you know, have a shot. Maybe it's pass interference. Nope. Our quarterback runs out of bounds with no time left. It's just, just, just typical.
1: Hey, how about Desmond Ritter? First career NFL start. What did you think, Noah? I know you just mentioned he ran out of bounds.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I was. Um... Stat
1: line before I get your thoughts, 13-26. Mm-hmm. For 97 yards. He was sacked four times. Sorry, I know it was a little lag on my end, and then thirty-eight rushing yards.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, no way to sugarcoat it. Look, I, I was very happy to find for him to finally get the start because we know Marcus Morat isn't the guy. He's a step stopgap. He's gonna be gone probably after this season, even though he signed a two-year contract. But for Ritter, look, you know, you gotta be honest, dude, it, it wasn't a good game. And I will say I did respect he he came out after the game and, and there was a quote where he's like, if I had to give a grade for my performance. It's a C-minus or a D, and I respect that he was able to you know, take accountability. To be honest, if I had to give him a grade, I'd probably give him a D, maybe a D-minus. The offense, there are obviously other things I don't think was his fault. I thought our offensive line, against a, a very respectable Saints front, you know, you can say what you want about the rest of the team, but their defensive line is still great. Um, they, they absolutely killed us. He was sacked four times. Our play calling was very predictable. It was basically just, hey, let's give the ball to Tyra Algier. And credit to him, he absolutely killed the Saints. I mean, he's basically the only reason... We were in that game. The fourth quarter is absolutely pounding them off the field. But for Ritter, I thought because we couldn't protect up front, the play calling was very predictable, a lot of short passes. I mean, you you write off the stats there. When you have 26 attempts and you can't even get 100 passing yards, I think it was, it was just very predictable, very one-dimensional. I will say I did like some of his mobility. There were some plays where the Saints broke through and he was able to get away and at least try to look for somebody. Uh, But very concerning. A a lot of times he threw in a coverage where there was just no chance of a completion, a lot of deep passes to the sidelines where there's just he he just completely overthrew the guy. You know, it's not like, uh, oh, he just, you know, barely missed the play that's there. He just there were about 10 plays, I'd say, at least where he just there was just absolutely no shot of success. So you could tell you could very clearly tell this is a guy that was a third round rookie making his first career start. Uh, he wasn't going to come in and, you know, as hopeful as he were, throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, you can see there's a lot of work for this guy. Um, do I think he's ready just yet? Probably not. But, you know, I, I assume they're going to let him play the rest of the year because I don't think Mariota is going to do much better. Um, but, yeah, no, not very good. Uh, I'm still rooting for the guy, obviously. But, you know, you got to criticize when it's due. He did not have a good game at all.
1: Mike DeSanto saying what's up to you, Sean?
3: What up, what up? As Long time, Noah, no see.
1: Noah making his analysis. We're going to get to both your head coaches in a moment. But, uh, Sean, where do you think the future holds? Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, <laughs> a, a rookie in the draft. Ooh, what do you think's going to happen on their center?
3: So most likely what's going to happen is, uh, you know, James Winston's under uh, another year under contract and it's, it's a fairly cheap contract. So uh, it just depends if he wants to stay or not. Uh, if he wants to stay, he he could be a potential bridge quarterback to a younger quarterback or uh, just a straight backup. Like we've been using them uh, for Andy Dalton um Andy Dalton you know I I can see him bring bring him back next year but one of them are gonna have to go either Jameis is gonna have to go or Andy's gonna have to go you can't keep both so what's what's realistically gonna happen is I see somebody out in the free agency pool either that or Mm -hmm. or you're gonna have to draft somebody because we don't have a first round pick so it It's going to be in the second, third round. You're going to have somebody like a Desmond Ritter type, like the Falcons were able to get in the third Mm -hmm. round. So I'm not too sure how feasible that is because this is a team that still wants to win now. They might not appear they want to win now after the performance this season. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in my personal decision opinion, I think the Saints need to start fresh. Uh, this is an older roster. I want to say this is one of the older teams in the league, mm-hmm. top five. So, I mean, they need to get some fresh faces because one thing, why this defense hasn't been well, – let's forget about the offense. let this thing about defense. This is because this is Dennis Allen's bread and butter here. You know, Dennis Allen was a top five defense coordinator for the past three or four years in my opinion, and his defense hasn't lived up to expectations like years before big reason why is because we simply got old. You know, Mm -hmm. you've seen a lot of big plays missed. You know, our rushing defense, which was uh, ranked amongst the elites, is absolutely getting destroyed this year. You just see Tyler Algier, you know, the BYU kid. This absolute – Cordero Patterson always messes us up, you know. So, Mm -hmm. I mean – just not just Atlanta Falcons. I mean, the first game, Cordero Patterson against us was tearing us up. So, I mean, it's not even just the Falcons. We've been struggling against the rushing attack all year. So it's, it's really uh, hard to say what the Saints are going to do as a team overall for the future. But as far as quarterback, uh, you're either keeping Andy Dalton or Jameis. My guess is going to be Jameis since he's under uh, contract for another year. And then they're gonna go after somebody. It's just throwing a name here. It's not a not a guy I think the, list is likely gonna happen, but maybe like Geno Smith, who had a good year. Or they're gonna go out in the draft. Maybe Hendon Hooker falls to the second because of his ACL. We'll see. Will Levis is getting a lot of you know pickup in the first round, so you might have a quarterback that fall to the second round. We'll see what happens, but I, I think either a free agency is good uh, or. or uh, you're going to have to draft somebody in the second round. Jimmy G, you know, a lot of people circle him around us. We'll see. We'll see. How about Baker? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I would absolutely um, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to say. Like, man. Hey, Mike asked, not me. <laughs> do you know how long it's been since the Saints have sucked this bad? It's been a long time. You know, even these seven and nine seasons that Sean Payton has accumulated over the years, I think he had about four or five of them in his mm-hmm. years in New Orleans, seven and nine seasons, they were never nearly as bad as this season has been. Uh, this season has brought me back to the stone ages of the Saints, the Jim Hazlitt days, the, uh, when Ooh. we had Aaron Brooks at quarterback.
1: Bruce you know, Deuce McAllister.
3: Deuce McAllister, my favorite wide receiver. Back in the day, Joe Horn, you know, so, I mean, it it, it brings me back to them days as days that I don't want to go back to. So, I mean, you know, Dennis Allen's not going to get fired. I think he's going to get another year, but they're going to have to do something with the coaching staff. So we'll we'll see what happens.
1: Noah, how about Arthur Smith? What do you you think? I think the Falcons have overachieved record-wise this year, and I think part of that has to do with Arthur Smith. Where do you stand with him?
2: Um, I'd probably agree. I think he definitely overachieved last year. The Falcons had a bottom three roster last year. The fact that he won seven games last year was honestly a miracle this year. Kind of the same thing. I mean, look, obviously look at his career record. He, it's not great, but you have to look at what he's working at, I, I, working with. I think the defense is still terrible. And look, Arthur Smith is an offensive coach. Um, when you look at what the Falcons offense has become, considering, you know, three, four years ago, they couldn't run the ball. Now they're an elite running team, but the problem is they don't have a quarterback. Their offensive line is still inconsistent. They've been trying to fix it for years. It's still an issue. Uh, to me, I think as the Falcons, first of all, they have a lot of cap space coming up in 2023, so we'll see how they use that. But if they actually had a good run, a good quarterback excuse me, with the running game that Arthur Smith has instilled, because obviously he did that with t- in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, and some people say, well, it's Der- Derrick Henry. Where Well, he's doing it now with the Falcons with a converted wide receiver and a rookie from BYU. So I think he's showing that's clearly his identity. Um, he's done a great job doing that. But, um, yeah, I like him. I think, you know, give him some more time. It's not going to take uh, it's not going to turn around uh, multiple years of mediocrity and, and destruction no. of this team by Thomas Dimitrov and the clown Dan Quinn. It's not going to happen in just two or two years. Um, I'd give him some more time, but uh, yeah, I do like him. I think, you know, he just needs a bit more time to turn around this absolute cl- calamitous organization.
1: I thought you were going to call him a clown show, but uh, before, they they we
2: go, uh,
1: the, before we go into the remaining schedules for all, all four teams in the, in the NFC South, um, mm-hmm. just quickly here, the Bucks lost to the Bengals last week after leading, I think 17, nothing at one point, mm-hmm. um, the Bengals came back. Joe Burrow did his thing. Former LSU QB Sean. Um, so the Bucks are now six and eight, and the Panthers. Sam Darnold finally loses as a starter this year uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Panthers are now five and nine, held to just two hundred nine yards of total offense. And let's take a look at these remaining schedules here before we predict our division winner. And we'll start with Noah's Atlanta Falcons. At Baltimore this weekend, home against the Cardinals, home against the Bucs. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe get it. I th-
2: well, I think the thing, first of all, I, th- I think we can beat Arizona. I mean, Kyler Murray's out Their team. Obviously, they weren't even doing good with him. So, whether it's Colt McCoy, Trace McSorry at home, I, that would be a game I'd expect them to win. At Baltimore, is a tough game. The only thing I would say, uh, we don't know if Lamar's going to play, but even if Tyra Huntley does play, I mean, we just saw what this defense did against Andy Dalton, so, you know, I'm not exactly confident either way. I'd probably expect us to lose that game. Tampa Bay, the first time we played him, it was close. You know, it was one possession game. We had all the momentum. There was that uh, roughing the pass call everyone complained about. So, you know, I think at home we have a shot. But I mean, let's be honest. Falcons are like zero and eleven up against Tom Brady. I'm not exactly going into that game with a lot of confidence. So I'd probably say one and two, maybe two and one. Um, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, it also depends on how the quarterback play is because they've already shown they can rush for 231 yards and still lose the game. What do you think, Sean?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at Baltimore. At Baltimore, uh, there's. Uh, Probable chance that Lamar's not gonna play. So you get Tyler Huntley, that's a winnable game, but they're gonna have to be on their P's and Q's. You know, the Russian attacks gotta be still up to par like they've been. They're they're amazing Russian team. Uh the Falcons. Alfred Smith has mm-hmm. done a great job with the rushing offense. They just need to get a little bit more out the quarterback position, and it's kind of why they went with uh Desmond Ritter to see what he has. So if he can make a couple big plays uh you know if they got if they, if they got play Tyler Huntley contain Tyler Huntley it, it, i think that's a winnable game you go to arizona well you got arizona at home actually that's mm-hmm. a definitely winnable game that should be a win so but i have the falcons losing against baltimore and i have them losing against tampa so i think they go one and two uh in this streak uh finish with a record of 6-11 and 11. i think you know, a Falcons. this Falcons team is uh, almost close to where I predicted. I said five, six, uh, on the high side, seven wins before the season started. A lot of people thought I was crazy. A lot of people thought this team was the worst team in the NFL. I didn't mm-hmm. think that. I thought the Falcons were going to be a competitive team. They just, they just need to get more guys in. They, they got a young core. They need to get Kyle Pitts into action, man. He's not a yeah. tight end. He's a wide receiver, you know.
2: Yeah, and they haven't been competitive, but, you know, when, when you have six games where you've lost by six or less points, I mean, plain and simple, that's the difference between a team that's in the playoffs and a team that's on the outside looking in. they got to, you know, address that in the coming years.
1: For sure. I, I think Atlanta has a lot of work to do, but moving on to the New Orleans Saints, Sean, your guys are at the Browns, at the Eagles, home against the Panthers. How's it ending up here?
3: Uh, it's not looking good, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I I think we – I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we only had one road win all year, and now it's against Atlanta. So uh, I don't see us beating Cleveland. Uh, so, I mean, Andy Dalton's going to have a rough time. I know I know. We, we've been seeing Andy being uh, efficient. You know, anybody can be efficient if they're throwing less than 20 times a game. So, I mean – I mean, look at Danny Dimes. He's living off them, you know, uh, 25 or less passing attempts a game, but he has been looking sharp lately, I will say that. But, you know, cold weather, you've seen how it looked like when we went to Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a similar game. I think that's going to be a L. Uh If we can get lucky, if Philadelphia can go ahead and clinch that first seed where they just sit all their starters – Maybe we'll get lucky, but I'm just gonna go ahead and chalk that up as a L as well. And then I think we'll beat Carolina. I think we'll get some revenge. The uh they're gonna be looking to tank. It doesn't matter if we tank or not, because like I said, our first round pick goes to the Eagles. So it probably, you know, we'll probably gonna try to win. Carolina's probably gonna try to lose because Carolina's probably gonna be out of contention at that point. We'll see though. There's still they still have a chance. So I think the Saints will also finish 6-11, just like the Falcons.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Cleveland, well, first of all, they're 3-1 and in their last four games. They're riding a bit of a hot streak. Um, I know Watson hasn't been great since he's come back, but at some point you kind of start to expect him to get it going. And the Saints' secondary, I think, is exploitable as long as they give Watson some time to throw. And, and like it says, you know, it's a road game, tough weather conditions, whatnot. I would expect Cleveland to win that game, but – I would not be shocked if the Saints were somehow able to squeak one out, but I'd probably expect Cleveland to win. The Eagles, I think the only shot the Saints would have in that game is if the Eagles had clinched number one seed and were resting anybody. Uh, Full strength, I think Eagles win that game by three possessions easily. Carolina, uh, I know they lost to the Panthers earlier, but I still think Carolina is very good. And, you know, I think it's really hard to beat, sweep a team around your level um and plus it's at home and you know we we saw last week i mean what an atmosphere for a rookie to go into that place doesn't matter how bad the record is so very really tough place to place to play so i'd probably say one and two as well probably six and eleven
1: okay and speaking of carolina let's get to them so we already know playing new orleans you both have that as a loss for the panthers but They have the Lions this week, arguably the second hottest team in the NFC right now, behind San Francisco, and then third if you throw Philly in. But and then at Tampa Bay. So how's that ending up for for Carolina, a team that you know they've won a couple games here and there, but you know they've performed better since the rule firing. But Mm -hmm. you know,
2: it's yeah. I, I would expect honestly. This is a bit of a weird one because. If you asked me coming to the show, I'd say, you know, hey, the Panthers might squeak out the division because they've been doing all right recently. And plus, everyone stinks kind of at the same level. But when you look at their last three games, uh, these are very tough games. Uh, Detroit has won, what, six of seven. And the only game they lost was by three to the Buffalo Bills, who are considered by most to be a Super Bowl contender. Um, I would expect Detroit to win that game. Definitely. I think they'll be in a plow spot by next week because I think the teams ahead of them are going to lose. As well in Seattle and uh, Washington, uh, Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. I know Carolina beat them earlier, but uh, look, I never count out Tom Brady. I know it's been a very hit or miss this season. I know the second half was terrible. Blah blah blah. He's still Tom Brady. Um, I don't expect them to go on the road to, in Tampa and beat them. And I already said the Saints would probably beat them, so I'd probably say zero and three. Honestly, five and twelve.
3: I 100% agree. I got them at 5-12, and 0-3. Uh, Detroit uh, is the hottest team in the league. I mean, Jared Goff, man, he's been lighting it up with the dynamic wide receivers they have. Uh, and they also got two uh, dynamic running backs with Swift and Jamal Williams can crunch it down at the goal line. They got a nice-looking offensive line. Then Campbell has something brewing in Detroit. And almost things like, damn, I wish we would have him in New Orleans instead of Dennis Allen. But, you know, it is what it is. Dan Campbell got the head coaching job long before Dennis Allen was able to take over. So, I mean, that's an L to Detroit. I think Detroit makes the playoffs if they win out. Tampa Bay, you know, I, I feel like we – we're we're about to talk about them in a sec. I feel like we are overrating them just a tad because they've been playing horrible all year. I'll be honest with you, they – they really haven't assert any dominance like they should have. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think that's an L. I, I don't think the Pampers will have enough to beat Tampa Bay. I will be shocked if they do beat any of these teams. Uh, the only team I that that is the most beatable is the Saints. But, you know, you know, I feel like after going 0-2 the first two games, why even try for the third game? So, I mean – especially when they're going to be looking for draft position. I know players don't tank, they're always looking for a second job, make sure, you know, they look good on tape, but I just don't see any desire for Carolina to, you know, to go a hundred percent against new Orleans week 18 after going Oh, and two, the first two games.
1: Yeah, I agree. Five and 12 for Carolina. Um, so by default, I mean, it's either Tampa Bay wins the division or a 6-11 and team gets in the playoffs. Let's get to the Bucs in their final three games at the Cardinals, home against the Panthers, at the Falcons. By far the easiest schedule of the four teams in this division. Do we have them going 3-0 and here in these final three games, or do they slip up at one point?
2: Well, here's what I'd say. I would expect them to go 3-0. and However, because it's the NFC South this year, and it's been an absolute clown show of a division, I would not be surprised if they somehow slipped up. I mean, look, on the road at Atlanta, the, the first game was close. I mean, you never know, but I'd probably expect them to win. Obviously, they lost to Carolina earlier, and look, at Arizona, I mean, they should win that game easily. I would expect them to go 3-0, finish 9-8, and which, you know... Like like Sean kind of alluded to, bit of a bit of an overrated record. I think they're much worse than that. I think, wh- hey, whichever one of these teams somehow wins the division and plays the Cowboys, man, I hope you enjoyed making the playoffs because that game's gonna be twenty eight nothing at halftime. But uh, yeah, I would expect them to go three and zero. Tom Brady has had some moments where he's looked like him old self. They had that uh, miracle comeback against the Rams, and there was another one about two weeks ago. I can't even remember who it was. Sean Saints. You know? Yeah, the Saints. So that I one. Don't even basically. Want
3: to, I don't. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that, man. Hey, that know was, what,
2: Sean. since since it's
1: Christmas time and you know we all like to cook things, what ingredient were the Saints missing in that game?
3: Uh, common sense. Uh, that, <laughs> hey, uh, so. That's that's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Saints had multiple opportunities, multiple opportunities to either control the game in those last two to three minutes of that game. You know, we had the lead. I think it was 16 to three for mm-hmm. 57 minutes of the game. They have, they didn't score a touchdown for seven minutes. I mean, 57 minutes of the game, Tampa that's Bay. Tough, and it's just like, like we just gave it to Tom Brady. You know, it's yeah. like, it's Tom Brady. And it's just like, okay, here you go. You can just have it. That's what, that's exactly what happened the last yeah. three minutes. I, yeah. I don't, there's so many details of what went wrong that I, I can't really get into because it would literally take a whole show to get into of the details that went wrong in the last three minutes. They Look, if they would have beat Tampa Bay, if they would have beat Tampa Bay right there and then, you, you we would probably be arguing for the Saints to win the NFC South line right now. Mm-hmm. That was their yeah. game to win. And they could have won that, and they could have been sitting first place right now. But they didn't. Absolutely. So.
2: It was, uh, dare I say, it was a very Falcons-esque last three minutes of the game there for the Saints.
3: Correct. We were I, Falcons that
2: night.
1: I will say this about the Falcons. I think they have the best head coach in the entire division right now.
2: That's and not saying they, a lot. That's, I, that's a,
1: Just saying, Noah. Yeah. You maybe. never know. I think the Bucks will go 3-0 and get in, but I wouldn't be shocked if they slipped up. To Carolina again. I don't see them losing right. the last week. I don't see them losing this week. I think Carolina is their most vulnerable matchup left because they already lost to them once. So, mm-hmm.
3: Well, they're, we'll they're, I, I think if they're going to slip up, it will be one of the away games. It will be either Arizona or Falcons. They're 2-4 and four on the road. Uh, mm. I, I think the only two wins they got was against – the Cowboys, surprisingly, which was so early in the year. I think it was the first week of the week season. Week one? Yeah. So they play the Cowboys right now. They get demolished, in my opinion. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to look at the other team they beat away. Uh, I can't really find it. But, I mean, they're 2-4. and four. So, I mean, I, I think they'll either – if they're going to slip up, they're either going to lose to the Cardinals or the Falcons. But the Buccaneers yeah. should be expected – to go 3-0, because this is a very 3-0 uh, rest of the schedule for
1: him. Well, before we let you go, Sean, we have a comment from Brian McArdle, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan from Florida. He says, Buck slipping up is not a matter of if, but when, and how many times.
2: Great comment from the Florida man there.
1: Yeah, a man from Florida. Uh, thank you for the comment, Brian. Um, look, I think it'll happen in, in the, in the, in the playoffs, but uh, that's an interesting way to wrap that up. Sean, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work at Off The Dome Sports?
3: So you can find Off The Dome Sports on pretty much on every uh, media, social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, even on TikTok. Even though I don't post on there as much. Uh I, I've been doing shows lately. I've been busy. Uh, I've been working a lot. That's all I've been doing. Uh, I do have a new co-host. I've been working with. He's been he's, been, he's great. Uh, I call him Teddy G. But uh, you can you can also just find me on my regular social media. Just Sean Bellatello. You could probably just look up Sean Bellatello, and I'll pop up on anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and and I'll follow back if you follow me. I'll follow back for sure. So that, that's how I roll.
1: Sean, thank you so much, and quick shout-out to you for attending the Alabama Upset game this year for Brian Kelly.
2: Just want to shout-out there.
3: It was Um, so great, man. It was um, one of the greatest games in, like, every football game I've ever been to, that's hmm. been the greatest.
2: Hey, Sean, what about that SEC championship game? How'd that go for you?
3: You know, if it wasn't for, (laughs) you know, the block field goal and them not knowing – I mean, we Mm -hmm. probably could have had a chance.
1: We just opened up a can of worms.
3: (laughs) We'll be back next year. That's all I get to say. You seen the transfer portal today?
1: Oh, I've been keeping attention, yeah. This show needs to happen again with little Georgia LSU talk next time we get you on,
2: Sean. Absolutely. I'd love that. You know,
3: it's funny because Georgia fans weren't really saying this back in 2019 when Icy Joe, man. Oh, here we go. you know, hey. lighten it up in hey. the Georgia Dome. You know, yeah, I, tr- well, I
2: try to I try to block out that game because I knew it was over before kickoff. But hey, that's kind of <laughs> what happened to you guys this year, man.
1: Fifty cake 50? was hot and steamy. We'll say
2: fifty fifty burger on Tom's boy Brian Kelly's head.
3: And you know what's crazy is I think we threw like almost 500 yards of passing that game, which is crazy. And we get Sean.
2: Sean has a clip of me
1: analyzing Brian Kelly from late last year when he was hired, Noah, and I, I think you've watched that clip before. But folks, if you haven't watched that clip again, it's on my Facebook page. It's on Sean's page too, off off the dome. So check out my thoughts on how Brian Kelly's identity of of a football team goes.
3: Check out check out the ingredients, man. And yes. there's always a, a ingredient in uh, every recipe, including the, a cake, right?
1: That's right. It's true. That's right. And that that's what makes the cake taste so great. But, Sean, exactly. speaking of great, we wish you a great night, a great holiday, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And we will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks,
3: Sean. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Happy holidays. Y'all have Thanks,
1: a good Sean. one. You too. Later. All right. That was Sean Militello from Off the Dome Sports as he heads to LSU right now. And a comment from Drew saying, why does Noah Dibler look like Brian Atar's long-lost brother?
2: What's up, Drew? Appreciate the compliment, buddy.
1: <laughs> big win for your Chargers. Now James wants cake. Yeah, big win for Drew's Chargers and Garth's Chargers as well. Drew and Garth, both yep. Chargers fans. Yep. Thank you so much for that, Drew. A couple comments here that – I saw them. I didn't. I did not forget to pin them. But we've been asking people tonight, um, "What's your favorite review and preview moment of 2022?" If you've been a consistent follower of our show and our mm-hmm. brand, uh, we have a couple. Garth says, "You guys asked for us to share our favorite review and preview moments of this year. For personal, for me personally, it was being welcomed the board to the review and preview team with open arms." Nothing but love and support from everyone. Big year ahead for everyone here at R&P.
2: Yeah, nice sucking up there, Garth. Get the, get the points in, but no, I'm just kidding. He's absolutely right. Uh, big shout out to you guys for bringing us on board to do pucking around. Uh show was a blast last night. Unfortunately, it had to be cut short because Garth had a, what is called a bathroom emergency pretty much. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> It's been really good, man, and here's the many more years of success.
1: Absolutely, and Mike DeSanto has one too. My favorite grieving preview moment of the year was the moment Tom was right about Minnesota. Um,
2: hey, is, You hey, know bro, what? It's the revenge arc from last year when Albert put that notebook notebook notice on you. You had to get revenge, man. He did Yeah, I mean, I had to do
1: something about that. I wasn't going to let him come away like that unscathed. Mm -hmm. absolutely no way i was gonna let that happen but um yeah i predicted that last year on the day of the super bowl that the vikings would make the playoffs this year and what happened he did
2: yep of course they had to do it by uh breaking my favorite quarterback's heart what a shame man
1: that's right we had a matt ryan comment here earlier i think it was from garth actually um where was this running game for Matt Ryan in Atlanta? Yeah, that's uh,
2: not much after Michael Turner left like ten years ago.
1: But, Speaking you know. of uh, the Minnesota Vikings and comebacks, we have a comeback coming right now. It's James Montefusco. James, what's up, he boys? Welcome what's back. up?
3: What's up?
1: What's up, man? <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Good yourself. I'm doing great. We're about to talk some football, so we hope you're oh, ready yeah. to join us. How's everything going, man? We haven't seen you in a few months.
0: No, it's been a, been quite some time that I've had a free night slash a Wednesday night free from work. So glad to come on with you guys. Glad to Tom. Feels like old days. Noah, welcome aboard.
2: Absolutely, man. Great to, great to see you. Great to talk some uh, football with you, man. Yeah,
1: working all hours of the night, James, does. Yeah, so, sometimes
2: they do. Uh, He's like Batman.
1: Appreciate <laughs> you, James. And we'll, we'll be talking some Mets towards the end of the show. So, folks, stay tuned for that as James and I uh, talk about what happened uh, late last night or early this morning, I should say, with uh, the Metropolitans. But let's recap Week 15 and those Minnesota Vikings. They were down. Mm-hmm. They were down. 33
2: Uh, nothing
1: how insane was this game i was working at stack
2: Mm -hmm.
1: basketball game and i saw at halftime minnesota was down 33 to nothing and then kirk cousins rallies off four touchdown passes this might have been the best comeback in nfl history I I think justice has been served for Falcons fans. And I I think, Noah, you should be very grateful for the Minnesota Vikings.
2: You see, I'm half grateful. Obviously, I'm half grateful that, you know, there is another comeback that can at least come close to our meltdown in the Super Bowl. But, of course, it had to happen to our former quarterback, who's literally my favorite quarterback of all time in Matt Ryan. Um, Look, you know, a couple things about this game. Uh, First of all, Kirk Cousins was absolutely dicing up the Colts secondary. I mean, almost 550 yards of offense for the Colts. Cousins, I believe, had over 400 yards passing, four touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. and I think one was a pick six, but look, when the game mattered the most and was on the line, he got it done. Dalvin Cook uh, was incredibly took a little five-yard screen pass to the house that really, you know, basically capped off their momentum in that game. Uh, four touchdown passes to four different receivers. And the other side for the Colts. Look, obviously got to bring up Matt Ryan. This guy, unfortunately, whether it's coincidence or not, he's linked to some of the biggest collapses in, in NFL history. And look, whether it's fair or not, all, all the good stuff he's done, that's that's going to be on his resume. But um, for him, I think you can definitely tell he's very well past his prime. Um, but the, it's not all his fault. I will say that. I'll just throw that in there. Jonathan Taylor did exit this game. It looks like he's going to be out for the season. That's their best player on the entire offense pretty much other than maybe Quentin Nelson he's the focal point losing him definitely hurt uh the offensive line play was very poor and I thought the play calling was really bad I you know Jeff Saturday you could definitely tell why he's not an NFL level head coach I mean Minnesota was just beating up in the at the line of scrimmage the entire second half and what is Jeff Saturday doing he's calling these long developing ten to fifteen yard pass plays over and over again where there's just no shot of of success. And eventually, um, Indianapolis, Indianapolis's defense just got worn down the second half because they were on the field a good bit. So, um, yeah, just absolutely stunning. I mean, <laughs> when I saw they're up 33 to nothing, I was like, well, you know, that's game over. And I checked later. And it was like, oh, it's 3628. Oh, wait, they have the ball. Oh, my God. And then once they they tied the game, I was like, well, there you go. That's it. I knew they were winning the game because Matt Ryan's just cursed in games like that. So uh, credit to the Vikings. Uh, They've had a great year. Kirk Cousins playing really well lately. Justin Jefferson as well. I mean, my God, man, the fact this guy's only won in his third season, and he's already arguably the best receiver in the NFL. If not, he's right there. Um, He's a stud. Uh, They're looking dangerous, man. They're looking really good lately.
1: James, we gotta play them on Saturday at one o'clock.
0: Yeah, I know. We do. Which uh which is kind of scary.
1: Yeah. Uh, forward giant, Dalvin Tomlinson, Ryan Connolly as well. They're 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 both there. So it'll be interesting to see. But um James, did you get to catch any of the games Saturday? Did you catch the late game, the Buffalo game? I don't know. You were working uh nutcracker something yep, like that I had two nutcrackers that day uh mm. yeah uh
0: I was actually you're gonna have to you're gonna like this story I was able to catch the last two minutes of the Vikings game it oh. was in between shows and I had one of the guys up front at box office throw on the game I'm like just put it on the background I'll just come up every once in a while and then when I saw it 39 39 uh what was it not not 39 whatever the tying score was to go into uh overtime I was like, wait why so i was able to watch some of it but i did catch the buffalo and dolphins game Uh, i missed the first quarter but that game was insane
1: yeah buffalo game um how high are are you on buffalo right now because right now they're number one in the afc Mm -hmm. josh allen looked good he had the four touchdown passes and 300 yards and it just seems like If Buffalo gets that home field advantage, it's going to be very tough for a team to come in there and beat them. I agree. When
0: they lost Von Miller, what was it, two weeks ago? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. two weeks ago. Two two weeks ago. um, I was concerned for that defense because I know they brought him in to, you know, strengthen that defense up, especially along the line. And then when he went out, I'm like, uh uh-oh, is this the start of the end for Buffalo? But after they are able to come – And the Dolphins come in and able to beat the Dolphins that is arguably one of the best offenses right now in the league or one of the better offenses offense in the league. Um, I think it just Buffalo is just on a different level. Buffalo is like on that Kansas City kind of level where they make plays where you don't think will be made. Josh Allen just looks incredible. I really think if Buffalo gets that home field advantage it's going to be hard to get through buffalo especially right now it's just almost snowing nonstop up there i mean yeah we had a partial snow game saturday but i think once they get rolling it's hard to stop that buffalo train and allen and Diggs have been in that position where they've lost already in those final close games so i think they're like smelling that that lombardi
2: What do you think yeah though? yeah i mean i absolutely agree i mean look look at buffalo's won five straight games uh miami is a very good team they have a lot of talent i think they will make the playoffs but we saw in that fourth quarter man uh the better team came through and obviously i think the weather late played a factor um i thought we we did we thought the snow would come earlier but it, it did eventually come and you know we, we saw in that fourth quarter the bills were able to get the advantage but it was still a very close game it, and look, you're not going to, you know, no matter how good a team you are, you're not going to blow out every team 35 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, sometimes I say the mark of a good team is when you're able to have those big comebacks and uh, win a game that is very tight like that. And it's a divisional game as well. Buffalo's are Miami's going to lay it all on the line to try and beat Buffalo, uh, but they're able to get it done. Josh Allen's a stud, obviously top three quarterback in the league Diggs as well. Dawson Knox, uh, Gabe Davis. I mean, they have some solid weapons, uh, you know the running backs by committee, you know, seem to work pretty well. Their defensive line is absolutely stacked, and the rest of the defense is pretty solid as well. Their linebacker core, Matt Milano, I think is a monster. So, and obviously, uh, Trey White in the secondary. Uh, when they're healthy, you know, I definitely think they can win the Super Bowl. It's just, you know, can they get past Kansas City? I think that's their main bogey. Um, you know, that's a team that obviously they lost to last year in remarkable fashion. Um, I'd still expect Kansas City to probably be a slight favorite, but I think Buffalo is right there. Um, I don't think Cincinnati is quite as much of a contender as they were last year. I think they'll still be good, but I don't quite think they're as good as those other two teams, Uh, mainly because I think even though Burrow is fantastic, I think Mahomes and Allen are just a little bit above them in that top two upper echelon of quarterbacks. But uh, if they keep playing like this, I mean, you know, James is definitely right. That is not a place you want to go to play, especially when it's January. That temperature is going down. You know, tough weather potentially, and they're all used to it. They've seen it all up there. So uh, definitely, very strong contenders, at least in the AFC, but potentially for a Super Bowl as well. I
1: just remember, guys, a little over a month ago, the or like two months ago, the Bills did beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. That did happen. So. Mm-hmm. That could be a very enticing AFC title game. I think Cincinnati is the only other hope, I think, for a team to get that far this year. But we've seen crazier things happen. Nobody expected the Bengals to get there last year. Um, Nobody expected the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl last year, except for you, James. Um, That was probably my favorite moment of 2022 when – we're all just sitting there. We're picking the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. Johnny was on, too. It was me, Johnny, and Kyle, and James. and We're all picking the Chiefs, and then there's James. Bengals. He's picking the Bengals. Joe Burrow's going to have a great game. Kansas City's going to struggle. Mm-hmm. I think your final score prediction wasn't too far off e- either. So, I think it was a touchdown or a touchdown you, and a field goal. You give these outlandish takes, but <laughs> – they work. They work. They're they're, work. they're, they're right. Uh, that's the crazy thing about you, James. I don't know how much thought you put into this, but it's <laughs> it's, it, it's it's like a hat out of a rabbit's ass. You
2: know? <laughs> uh Yeah, it's funny, right? The guy that works like twenty four seven and can uh, barely watch sports definitely because of it. the the snow and
1: the cold, frigid weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. The Detroit Lions are the next team we're going to talk about. They're a hot team in the NFC. They take down the Jets 20-17. Zach Wilson back starting for the Jets. Mike White was injured this past week. Wilson um, threw for 317 yards and two touchdowns. Are the Lions bound to clinch that
2: last playoff spot, though? I don't think it's a guarantee, but I would expect them to do it. Um, They're red hot, and the team's in front of them. Look, I, I, I commented on your show last week, Tom, on Big Blue Avenue. I said I thought the team that lost the Giants-Commanders game would miss the playoffs and that the Lions would pass them. And uh, from what I saw, I didn't see anything that would really change my opinion on that. I think Detroit has won six of seven games. The only game they lost was by a field goal against Buffalo on Thanksgiving, and we just talked about how great we think Buffalo is. Uh, Dan Campbell's got this team fired on all cylinders. Obviously, they really believe in what he's preaching there. Jared Goff, with credit to him, I did not expect him. I don't think most people expect him to be good. In fact, I think most people thought he'd be really bad this year. Uh, But 23 touchdowns, 7 picks, complete 65% of his passes. Uh, He's been absolutely phenomenal, honestly, for the Lions. Um, Running game is really solid. They're a very physical team is what I've noticed from the Lions. Even though their defense was really struggling early in the year, it looks like they're kind of starting to get that in check as well. Um, and look, you know, you say what you want to say, but, you know, you can look at the talent, analyze it all you want. Uh, but the scariest thing you don't want to play once you get in the playoffs is a team that's red hot. I mean, look at what my Atlanta Braves did last season or season before last in 2021. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think Detroit will make the playoffs. It's not a guarantee, obviously. I mean, all of a sudden they could just fall off a cliff and, you know, maybe Washington stinks in. But on momentum, right now, I'd say they could probably pass Washington and get that final spot.
1: Yeah, James, and it seems like the Jets are trending in the other direction um, at the wrong time. If you were the Jets, when both QBs are back healthy, are you going Mike White or Zach Wilson? When
0: both are back healthy, it's like part of me wants to say Zach to see what he's really made of, Mm -hmm. but you saw what Mike White gave you for those games he was filling in. And yep. the team just looked like a different team under Mike White. I honestly think Zach Wilson in this big city, everybody was all high on him. Like everybody is, especially when the Jets draft a quarterback and then mm-hmm. like to be like, Oh, now he's trash. He sucks. Yada, 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 whatever. I think you ride with Mike Mike White. Mike White in my eyes gives you the most chance to win. Zach Wilson just has too much baggage around him. Honestly, at this point in time, where it's just taking him away from the game. And every time he steps on the field or every time somebody new gets a girlfriend in his locker room, it's his face plastered <laughs> all over the place. I'm sorry, but I think wow. that's the truth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but all, ultimately, I think you have to go with Mike White. Zach Wilson is not your answer. He's hurt two years in a row for this team. He. He doesn't look like somebody that wants to be on the sidelines learning. I think when they panned to him and Flacco, when Mike White was on the field a few games back, I, was the, I just looked at him and, and I kind of saw he, he just wasn't there. He didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, He's like somebody that looks good, can play pretty well and get places, but he won't be able to make the team go anywhere. And unfortunately, the Jets need somebody to take them to that next level. The Jets, unfortunately, I would say is ahead of schedule, just like our Giants, Tom, but the Jets right now are hit with that injury bug and trending down. And Sala has a lot of things he needs to answer on that quarterback lock in that quarterback section of the locker room.
1: Yeah, there's just there, there's a lot of question marks. Um again, I don't think running into the Lions helped them. Mm hmm uh, you yeah, know, I still think the Lions are a scary team, but you know the Jets have their work cut out for them if they're going to have any chance at these playoffs. Because right now, I think no, what is it? The Chargers and the Dolphins hold the final two spots. Baltimore's a five. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't see Miami falling out. I don't uh-huh. see the Chargers. Fa- I think the seven are set. I mean, I think the seven best teams are the seven that are in the field right now. I don't think the Raiders, the Patriots, or the, the Jets. Could un- unseat anybody at at this point. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. be very tough. Very, very tough. um The only team that I think has a shot is the next team we're going to talk about, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I say that not because of their wildcard chances, but their divisional chances. They're only one game back of the Titans and. They have a game against them in Week 18 that I predict will be flexed to Sunday Night Football and, yeah. hot take here, the Jaguars control their own destiny. The Jaguars are going to the 2022 NFL playoffs.
2: Write it down. Get the, Albert, get the notebook ready, man. <laughs> get it
1: in there. Hey, I'm flying into Jacksonville Christmas night, so I, I need to be very nice to my peeps and my family down there. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, just saying
2: well look the uh, the thing with the AFC South is you know obviously between the Titans and Jaguars the the main question is what's going on with Ryan Tannehill because I I did see a report come out today from some NFL report I can't I think it's uh, Paul Kerensky or something like that is his name basically saying Tannehill might be out for the rest of the year because he might need ankle surgery Uh, not definitive on that but if he is out they're gonna have to turn to Malik Willis who Personally, I'm not a fan of. I thought he was very overrated around draft time. Um, but, you know, if he, if Tannehill is out, that's something you have to take into consideration. They just lost a, a crucial game to the Chargers that was really hanging in the balance. You know, it was tied late in the game, and then Herbert, you know, got him in field goal range and ended up winning the game. Um, and the Jags are, are really looking good lately. And I think the main reason, that Trevor Lawrence is fought, really starting to show why he was the number one overall pick. I know he struggled a bit last year mainly with turnovers. Uh, Urban Meyer was there. It was a bit of a dumpster fire. But this season, you know, Doug Peterson's come in, and credit to him. That was, a, that was a move I think a lot of people clowned on at the time. But uh, it looks like he's kind of righted the ship, you know, put some stability into that franchise. Lawrence, four touchdown passes against the Cowboys, um, almost 400 yards as well, I think. He's a top-10 quarterback this year in pretty much every passing statistic. So uh, he's doing great. And look, when you got a hot quarterback at the right time, I don't know if I'd guarantee I'd expect Jacksonville to win the division, but I think they have a great shot, which, if you asked that four, four weeks ago, uh, you'd get absolutely laughed at, which is a credit to how the Jacks have been playing lately.
1: They were two and six. I remember yeah. listening to their game against the Broncos that they lost in Jacksonville. Uh, it might have been in No, it was in London. It was bad. It was mm-hmm. really, really bad. I mean, James, they've turned Evan Ingram into a formidable option. I don't know how that's possible because we know how coaching. he Yeah. Coaching.
0: Yeah, that that's true, coaching coaching does go a long way and
1: they've put Ingram in a good spot to succeed and you know they've displayed his talent more they've used him properly they only signed him to a short-term deal there there isn't all this pressure on him right now it's a short-term commitment but Fonz the Falco saying Oh, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get to this one I'm just here so I don't get fired don't worry um, I'm not Mr. McMahon I'm not <laughs> Jags are cooking Thursday night's game is gonna be good who knew back in week one this would be a great great matchup yeah funs so you might want to start travis Etienne in your playoff matchup this week <laughs> if, if you're still watching just saying
2: oh yeah it's the guy I didn't even mention Etienne, after you know being injured all last season he's been a stud this year for them
1: that's right this shit made the pro bowl last year <sighs> uh,
0: didn't he make or the no pro bowl was it we last
1: were... year or 2020 it, it was something i like
0: think that. he made the pro bowl when he was on the giants wasn't he
1: yeah. It, yeah, yeah, the, the the year he had one touchdown, he made yeah. the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Joke, but I will say this: mm-hmm. the hair is him. Trevor Lawrence is stud. A, a yeah, he is a future league MVP. He is a future league MVP. Um, I'm not saying anytime soon, but. Within the, within the next three to four years, he will be a top five quarterback in this league.
2: Uh, I think it's yeah. I, think, I mean, I think it's Mahomes, Allen, Burr, Burrow, Herbert, and probably Lawrence. I'd say it's probably that fifth guy, and you know, most most promising quarterbacks.
1: I put him over Hurts. I put him over Tua easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um You know, I mean, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are starting to fade out a little bit, but you know, just hundred percent, yes. Uh, wrote me off with seven and seven, but didn't write back. Uh, Fonz, I had a feeling I was going to lose that matchup. Okay. Uh, And uh, who the hell was it that got a crap ton of points for you? I, 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 Oh, it was Kirk cousins. You just start Kirk cousins who has negative points at halftime. and ends up with 38 (laughs) at the end of the game. I think you had Dalvin cook too. So Screw that Fons! <laughs> Screw that uh, I do wish you the best of luck this week I hope you win in advance to the finals um, Tell yeah, us how you man. really feel <laughs> man. Yeah. I can't root against Fons, man ab- ab- Absolutely not it, I'm the type of guy that More often than not I, If I lose in the playoffs I, I like to root for the team that beats
2: me Because it makes you look it, better Yeah,
1: Yeah Exactly um my team had a pretty good week too. I scored almost 150 points. The problem was Fonz's team scored 182. Mm, so rough. Yeah, very rough. Uh, and that was with Etienne on the bench. Damn it. Um I mean Etienne had a great game, 103 yards. And how about Ray Sean Jenkins? 18 tackles. Ridiculous. Two That's... picks and the pick six that won them the game, though. No? Mm. I exactly. They didn't win them the game, but did it? Trying to
2: remember. Yeah, it did. It was
1: an overtime. Oh, it was an overtime. Yeah, won them the game. Dak yeah. Prescott, the biggest fraud quarterback in the NFL, right, James? Oh, yes, it is. The Highest I was, interception rate among NFL quarterbacks this season. Oh, man. When I saw the J-
0: Cowboys lose the Jaguars, I I was at work again, and I was looking online for the Stephen A. Smith video of of him laughing at the boys. Oh, man, I am so glad the boys lost. They're just a fraud team. They just want Odell because they just want another
1: big name. Tom, you look like you got something to say. The Giants got two pro bowlers this year. Yeah, they do. Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence just announced. Good stuff. Nice. Had to throw that in there.
2: Also, one last note on this game. How about Zay Jones with three receiving touchdowns? Really the soft.
1: former number one receiver for the Buffalo Bills back yep. in 2017, fun fact.
2: Kirk, by the way, you know, I know a lot of people caught on his contract rightfully so, but he's about to be a 1,000-yard receiver and has seven touchdowns on the season. He's been what doing good as well. And if they get Ridley in next season, if he's reinstated, that's another weapon for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. I forgot they had him. Yeah.
1: Uh, he placed a $1,500 bet, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, moving on, the Chiefs survived the Texans. The Texans the last two weeks have been playing awfully well against these great teams. In overtime, uh, Jarek McKinnon had the game-winning 26-yard touchdown run. McKinnon had a great game. He had eight catches for 70 yards and a touchdown um, and 52 rushing yards and one touchdown as well. He was great. Juju and Kittle did their thing. The Chiefs outgained the Texans 502 to 219, but only one by six. Mm-hmm. Should the Chiefs be concerned?
2: I wouldn't say concerned. I mean, obviously, they, they had a terrible game. Uh, the, the main thing I'd say with the Chiefs is they were very sloppy. Uh, Ten penalties is never going to get it done. You know, consistently setting themselves behind the chains. And two turnovers. If you use the turnover battle, it's going to be very tough to win a game. Uh the Texans have played competitively lately, uh the past two games. Obviously they took the Chiefs to OT. And they almost beat the Cowboys. They had the lead in that game, and then the Cowboys got a touchdown on, on like the final drive. Uh with, I think it was Zeke actually. Um but yeah, Davis Mills like like Fawn says there. I think he's an okay game manager, but he's not much more than that. Uh I wouldn't say they'd be concerned. I'd say obviously, you know, Andy Reid should be going at him hard in practice this week. Uh, because they did not play very well. But look, they, they still gained them 502 to not, 219, like you said. Really, they, they were still clearly the better team. They just kind of let the Texans hang around with some dumb mistakes. So I'd expect those to get cleaned up with some coaching, and I think they'll be fine. I still think they're one of the top contenders. Right now, the
1: Chiefs, James, are scheduled to play the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs if the season ended today. That'd be oh, my fun. God, that is a storyline. That is is a a storyline. Tyreek Hill against his old team in Arrowhead in the playoffs. And you want to know who would win that game if it ended today? I know exactly what you're going to say, and I'm going to think you're fucking crazy. (laughs) Miami. But then then it turns out he's going to be right. The Dolphins are on a three-game losing streak. I don't care. Miami's winning that game. (laughs) What are your picks? Um, yes. Moving on to our final game. Oh, my God. Lateral damage. Um, my gosh. Jacoby Myers coughs uh, coughs it up on a lateral on the final play of the game for the Patriots. The game was bound to go into overtime. Mm-hmm. The Raiders recover the fumble on the lateral, and Chandler Jones the former new england Patriots stiff arms mac jones and runs it into the end zone he stiff arm mac
2: jones back to alabama
1: that's where mac jones belong right right now as probably an mm-hmm. assistant uh coach because he he in my in my opinion Bailey app should be starting
2: oh yeah he looked really good when he came in pride of western kentucky baby
1: um Ramondre Stevenson had a fantastic game, 172 yards on the ground coming off that injury. Um that was so tough. James, what were your thoughts on, on on that on that play? Um I know Myers is a big receiver for them, but I would just love to be a fly on the wall between him and Bill Belichick post game.
0: I I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: You're going into overtime.
0: I'm just gonna point this out now. Most of the overtime oh most of the games on Saturday went into overtime, as it was. So why don't you just add? I I it was just a stupid play. Like maybe it was like, Oh, we you know, just you know, let's just have some fun, but at the same time, you're trying to win. What are you doing? Well, why would you do that? I mean Belichick probably walked in there, did his press conference of Blank face, walked in the locker room, and at least mm-hmm. had to rim everybody out. I mean, it just isn't a singular guy. I mean, yeah, he probably got the brunt of it. But, like, come on, man. Like, that's just telling everybody, I just
2: want to lose to lose. <laughs> you know, and, look, here's the main kicker for me. It would be one thing if the Patriots were, were a four-win team ride and they had no prospects and they're just trying to do anything. This is a team that is fighting for their playoff lives, that really needed this win, that came back. I think they were down 17 to nothing or 17 to three, something like that at halftime. Came back to tie the game at 24 all. And Jacoby Myers, I mean, it was one of the most hilarious. Like, I could not believe it. It, it was so hilarious when I saw this. I just could not believe. What was he thinking? I mean, I have no clue. Um, and, like, this isn't like some nobody practice squad player, right? This is a guy that's been their top receiver for the past probably two or three years at this point. He's a veteran at this point. He obviously knows what he's doing is, since he's coached by Bill Belichick. And uh, I don't know, something something mentally in his head clicked. Maybe he had a bet on the Raiders winning the game. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it was one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. It was absolutely hilarious. I literally died laughing the first time I saw it. Everything about it was funny from the play itself to Chandler Jones, just absolutely stiff Army Mac Jones, and the fact that it was Chandler Jones against the Patriots' his old team. Uh, credit to the Raiders man uh you know hey take what you can get but wow I just I'm kind of still speechless thinking about it honestly
1: yeah it's unfathomable for me personally but quick comment from my buddy Kevin saying Hill versus the Chiefs in the playoffs would be insane I'd have to agree with you yeah that that would be must-see TV a, a two versus seven matchup but um do either of these teams make the playoffs the Raiders or the Patriots
2: I don't think so. I think the, I think the five through seven. So whether that be the Ravens, the uh, Dolphins, and the Chargers, I think those are pretty. First of all, I think they're all better than the, these two teams. But uh, you know, I think that they're playing some okay football lately. All those teams, you know, the Ravens, even though Lamar is out, they're still playing competitively. Uh, the Dolphins, they've been a little bit of a skid lately, but they've also played some really tough teams. I still think their roster, especially their offense, mm-hmm. is really good. And the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert. He's just in Herbert, so even though they didn't play great against the Titans, uh, he got him a win. So, uh, and plus they've been on a pretty pretty decent streak lately to get back in the playoffs because they haven't been in the playoffs most of the season. Um, so I say the Raiders probably have a little bit of a better shot than the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have a shot at all. I, they, they don't have a quarterback. Um, at least with the Raiders, I can say Derek Carr on his day throwing to guys like Adams and Waller, uh, he can get yeah. it done. But Pages, I don't think, have any shot.
1: The problem is for the Raiders. They play the Steelers, who are going to be on a lot of motion this week, which we'll talk about later. They have the and the Chiefs to end the season. Mm-hmm. So you can probably mark two, if not three, losses for the Raiders. I, I don't think the Raiders have a shot based off their schedule. But as far as talent goes, yeah, I mean, I think the Raiders have a slightly better shot. But... I don't know. It's very, very difficult because at the end of the day, both teams aren't better than the Dolphins. We both know that, mm-hmm. or all three of us know that. But mm-hmm. so it is time to talk about our studs and duds for Week 15. New segment, James. Okay. Uh, actually, why don't we throw you on the spot?
0: Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, you you come in the eleventh hour. We're gonna throw you out. We're gonna throw you out there. Um, so basically, what we've been doing is we've been coming up a list of studs and duds for the week. Players we thought that performed really, really well. Players okay. that it could could be a player, could be a coach, could be a team. Okay, it could be a manager. It could be a GM. Anybody uh, in, the, in the NFL that um, you would consider a stud or a dud for week fifteen. All right. Um, what do I need? One of each. Yeah, just pick one of each for a short exercise before Noah and I kind of. Sure. Um, stud.
0: I would go have to go with, um, you know, our new, one of our new uh, guys on the Giants' defense, uh, Kevin. Oh boy. Okay. Kavon. K Kay- Kavon Thibodeau, right? Thibodeau. Wasn't yes. Oh, all right. Sorry, no, I, listen, it's been years that I can barely pronounce names on this show, so I got to take the small one. Uh, yeah, that's
1: nothing new. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I go with him. He just looked phenomenal. I think he's finally getting into his groove. Yes, it's taken most of the season, but he is coming to what we expect. Duds, uh, hmm, you know what? Let's go with uh, a team here. Kansas City Chiefs for nearly losing to the Texans. Mm. A high-powered offense that nearly lost to the Dachshunds. My That's eyes, is, it says thing. a lot about that team right now.
1: Especially heading into playoffs. Yeah. Those are my two. All right. Actually, Debito was one of our studs, so you guessed one of our studs. Right. Congra- congratulations. Thank you. Um, Noah, give me your first stud of the week.
2: Hmm. Like the best stud of the week, or just one, and just a random one. Anyone that you have, uh, I'd say Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that the incredible comeback he led against the the Cowboys had four touchdown passes. I don't think he might have had an interception. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. But I mean, he was just absolutely killing in that second half. Yeah, he had thrown in eighteen yards, four touchdowns, to interception, hundred and nine quarterback rating. Uh, his last three weeks, he has eight touchdowns to one interception on the season 24 to 7 ratio Uh, he's been killing it lately and it was a massive win that kept their season alive against a a solid team as well and big comebacks i'd go with t law probably my biggest of the week
1: my first start of the week i'm going with the same team but on the other side of the ball i'm going ray sean jenkins 18 tackles two picks off a Dak, one return for a touchdown make the game-winning play, you make that many plays throughout the course of four quarters plus, you're going to be a stud of the week for me. Uh, we have a comment here from Garth saying, uh, James, how about those aisles? They're, uh, doing decent? Doing they're all doing right. Doing decent.
0: They got a big uh – uh i'll take care of what's going yeah, on yeah right james there.
1: we might we might need you for yeah. qc here yeah, so I got apologies you. about that no no um, no that's why i paused and was like wait what Yeah, um, we'll let you do your thing but no. yeah, any thoughts on that comment before we uh, on block uh, this spot? yeah
0: uh no islanders have a big game tomorrow against those rangers hank if you're watching i'm sure you're going to that game because they're home um but no we're we're doing pretty well at the moment um so yeah you sorry i'm gonna just zone out here for a few minutes
2: Hey, Tom, what happened to those Rangers last night, man? Oh, thank you, Noah. appreciate you. Um, what, the, <laughs> what the fuck, James?
1: <laughs> hey, we, we won seven in a row, so we were bound to lose eventually.
2: Yeah. Uh, we are bound
1: to lose eventually. Um, Man, this guy must love Garth Fonz and Drew. I'll tell you that much. Uh, maybe. Drew Tranquil. I like that as a stud pick. Ten tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. Pride of Notre Dame. That's right. Another uh, fighting Irish guy. Uh,
2: Literally. Uh, (laughs) Noah, your first dud of the week. Man, there's some contenders, but I'll probably just go with the most obvious one. I'd go with Jacoby Myers for that dumb lateral play. I have no clue what the hell he was even thinking Um, basically completely cost his team the game, almost single-handedly. Like, I know they got down early and they had to have a major comeback, but this was a game that they really needed for their season, you know, season basically on the line, playoff credentials on the line, Mm -hmm. and he just completely gave it away to a team that they might even be competing with down the stretch if, you know, some things go haywire a bit. So, yeah, Um, Jacoby Meyer, decent receiver, but uh, on that play, he looked like he should be back at Pee Wee.
1: (laughs) That's a great pick. Um, my pick, I'm going to pick two players. I'm going both of the Cardinals quarterbacks, Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. Um, what a shit show for both of them. Three picks combined. Um, I think McCoy finished like 7-15 and then McSorley came in. It wasn't much better. Um, I think McSorley starting this week for the Cardinals, which is an absolute catastrophe. I think Cliff Kingsbury has punched himself a ticket out of town. Uh, at this point, but, um, yeah, guys, I, both of them are just atrocious. I mean, they, they got annihilated by the
2: Denver Broncos and that yeah. offense is hey, bad. Not just the Denver Broncos, Tom, Denver Broncos with Brett Rippian at quarterback. Brett Rippian. That's yep. right. Um, son of Mark Rippian. Yep. A little fun fact for you there. Um, Noah, any more studs of the week? studs yes i mean this one obvious one we've missed and that is a man by the name of joshua allen quarterback for the buffalo bills uh massive divisional game against the miami dolphins very solid team and he had 304 yards four touchdowns no interceptions and 119.2 quarterback rating uh easy one of the most elite quarterbacks in the league and definitely deserving of a stud of the week nomination
1: my final stud of the week i love that josh allen pick I'm going with.
2: Kirk Daniel Cousins.
1: Yes. The Vikings clinched the NFC North for the first time since 2017. Um, and Kirk Cousins had a phenomenal second half. Four touchdown passes, nearly 400 yards. He has over 3,800 passing yards on the season. Um, he's a top 10 QB in the league this year, Easily. Um, I really like the way he's performed, and he's likely going to shred up the Giants secondary this weekend. So Kirk Cousins is my final stud of the week. Noah, Mm -hmm. final dud of the week.
2: See, I really hate to do this because this is my guy, but unfortunately when you have the worst collapse in NFL regular season history or whatever – I uh, got to go with both Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan uh, blowing a 33, nothing lead to the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Daniel cousins, as we just mentioned, Uh completely unacceptable. Look, obviously, like I said, it's not all on Matt Ryan, but you know, they really needed to keep scoring. And that offense only scored three points in the second half. And look, Jeff Saturday, this is a guy that had a losing record in high school. Why is he coaching in the NFL? Only reason is because he played for the Colts. So, um, These will be the two poster boys, but obviously everyone else uh, on the Colts uh, did not do a great job either. Um, But, yeah, I'll go with uh, Saturday and Ryan on that one.
1: Great pick. Picks, I should say. I know that hurt you. Yeah, it did. Hey, if we're saying Kirk Daniel Cousins, let me say Daniel Colt McCoy, Um, Mm -hmm. if we're going to be literal there. But – my final dot of the week, no, we kind of collaborated on this one, but it's a team. It was the Bucks in the second half against the Bengals. They absolutely collapsed and fell apart. Um, I believe Four the turn- Bengals had what? Four
2: turnovers in overs- one half, man. Unacceptable. The at Bengals- home as well.
1: The Bengals had what, three points at half?
2: Yeah, they were up like 17 to three, and then they got, st- dare I say, Tom, they got boat raced in that second half, man.
1: Yeah, uh, they scored 31 points against the Bucks' defense in the second half, which is unacceptable. So, absolutely. Those are our studs and duds of the week. Moving on.
0: It's a good segment. Yeah,
1: it's a little fun. Um, previewing our week 16 games, uh, top week 16 games of the week. We're going to make our picks. Um, so the first game we're going to go over is the Jaguars at the Jets tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. The Jets are home. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. The Jags are 6-8. and eight. The Jets are actually favored by one and a half in this game. The Jets are on a three-game losing streak. The Jags are on a two-game winning streak. James, you're up first here. Who are you picking in this game and why? Jets are winning.
0: Um, they're going to go – They're going to make their fans a little happy for the Christmas season or Hanukkah season, whichever holiday you celebrate. Um, uh, Do I need to score two, Tom? You Give a score if you want. Um, Score is going to be 24-21 Jets, um, but it's not going to be a pretty game. Jets fans are just going to get happy at this time, and then they'll, they'll lose next week. Huge. Somebody will get hurt by the end of the game, man. You, you have no soul, man, when
1: it comes to the Jets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to keep. I told you they're gonna to win today, tomorrow. I mean, after that, I
2: don't know. Chris, you're up. Um, I'll probably go with the Jags actually. I think, uh, first of all, the Jets are in free fall lately, the Jags have looked better. But the main reason I would pick the, uh, the Jags to beat the Jets is I have a lot more confidence in their quarterback. I know Zach Wilson played pretty good against the Lions, but overall, I just absolute, I have absolutely no faith in him. I think he was a terrible pick at number two. And Trevor Lawrence has been red hot lately, Sean Weiss number one over a pick. So I'd pick the Jags to win a close one, probably something like 24 to 16 Jacksonville.
1: Garth agrees. Plea, well, he hopes the Jags win because the Jets losing will – Help benefit the Chargers and the Wild Card, Chris. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Who who is Chris,
1: by the way? I don't know, man. He, he was in the comment section uh, a while back, or he was in our group chat a while back. So
2: that's right. And then he got booted.
1: That that's that that's right. Um, I'm going Jacksonville. I'm going Jacksonville. Uh, they're the better football team right now. Uh, they already. No, the Giants beat them in Jacksonville. Never mind. Um, this is the first time they'll be playing on that MetLife turf this season. They're, again, they're not just playing the Jets. They're playing the turf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we saw last week, their defense is very promising. With Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, Foyasad Alawakun, uh former Falcon, right, Noah? I, don't, I totally yep. butchered his name. but Yep. He leads the league in tackles.
2: This is what the Falcons do, man. First it was Devontae Campbell. Now it's a Louis Coon. They have these stud linebackers. They leave, and all of a sudden they're first, first all-pro team worthy.
1: I'm, I'm going Jaguars. Final score, 27-20. All right. Moving on. Um, I have this game on the card, but I'm going to omit my pick for this game because I have a show to talk about it tomorrow night. It is the 8-5-1 New York Giants at the 11-3 and Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored by four. And before I get to you guys, I will just analyze this game quickly without giving an official prediction. If you want my prediction, tune into Big Blue Avenue tomorrow night at 7 p.m. here on Review and Preview Sports. Um, Giants coming off a huge win on Sunday night football against the Washington football team. Um, they're not the Washington football team anymore. Uh, whatever they're 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 still a football team from washington commanders Uh, yeah the giants can clinch a playoff berth this team this week for the first time in six years if they win seattle loses and washington loses there's a couple other scenarios as well um but how do they stop justin jefferson well they're gonna have to pressure the quarterback uh you know Get Kirk Cousins under pressure. He's not the best quarterback under pressure. Um, Kirk Cousins relies on the play action pass a lot and receivers getting open quickly. If Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari can get to Kirk Cousins, who's less mobile than Taylor Heineke, the Giants could potentially pull off an upset in this game. Uh, I think the Giants game plan offensively needs to be, to attack the Vikings secondary. The Vikings have the second worst pass defense in the NFL. That's par- partially why um, they gave up that many points to the Colts last week uh, in that first half. Now, granted, they are banged up. Lewis Seen, IR, Cam Dansler just activated the potentially return off of IR. So right now, outside of Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, They're really struggling in the secondary. The Vikings' strength is their front seven. So if you attack the ball downfield, Giants have a shot to score points. So that's where I'm at. But, Noah, we'll start with you here on this one. Who are you picking in this game? Vikings favored by four at home.
2: I think this is a very close matchup. I think, you know, good one for the Giants last week. They've had a bit of a rough go of it probably the last month and a half after a fantastic start. And the Vikings, you know, they've just kind of been, you know, pretty consistently solid the whole year. Um, I think this is a game that will come down heavily to quarterback play. Um, First of all, you know, how severe is Kayvon Thibodeau's injury? I know he's on the injury report, but I'd expect him to play. And and still do pretty solid. They need to put pressure on Kirk Cousins because he's clearly got a lot of weapons to utilize. I know Adam Thielen's on the injury report as well. But, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, um, you know, they can definitely get it downfield in a hurry. And on the other side, Daniel Jones needs to have a really good game because this Vikings uh, front four can definitely tee off at, on the quarterback. He needs to use his mobility uh, to try and escape and get the ball downfield. That said, I think the Vikings overall are just a little bit more of a talented team. I still think it'll be a pretty close game, but I'd probably pick the Vikings to win a close one. Something like 28-24 Minnesota.
1: Respect. Vikings minus four. There you go. Yep, there you go, man. James, what do you got?
0: Uh, we'll have a big upset in Minnesota this week. The Giants will go 9-5-1 and after Saturday's game. Um, it's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be an actual, I would say, a pretty low-scoring game. I would say 21-17, Giants pull it out. Um, we'll surprise pretty much everybody, and I think probably everybody on Big Blue. That my prediction is the Giants um giants you know look like the better football team against the commanders yes that's against the team they tied two weeks ago um but i do think they're trending in the right direction compared to their uh cohorts that they share met life with
1: i respect it we have a split uh tune into my prediction tomorrow night not big blue avenue next up Cincinnati Bengals 10 and 4 at the New England Patriots 7 and 7. Bengals favored by three. Um, must win for the Pats to stay alive in the playoff race. Uh, James, we'll start with you here on this one. You know, I, I know you're a big Bengals guy. Yeah,
0: I'm going to um, ride with them again. Bengals should be able to pretty much easily win over the Patriots. Patriots are not looking good at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, I give the Bengals probably, they probably even run it up 27 to 21 or 24, I would say is the final score. But the the Pats just aren't the same, and they're just not. After last week's debacle, I I don't think they're making the playoffs, nor are they going to look good against the Bengals this week.
1: Noah.
2: Yeah, I got the Bengals. Honestly, I think the minus three spread is very generous. I think, Uh, first of all, the way they lost lost the Raiders, that's an absolute momentum killer. And the other side for the Bengals, that massive comeback, they're going to be, you know, confidence, flying high, firing on all cylinders. And plus, let's be honest, I just think they're the better team. I mean, Joe Burrow versus Mac Jones, it's like comparing a Ferrari to a 50-year-old station wagon. It's not even even close. Uh, They're going to win 35 to 20.
1: Daniel Bakley saying what's up. Is it safe to say Mac Jones is a bust? I I say not yet.
2: I wouldn't go that far. He was a number 15 overall pick. He was good last year. Mm -hmm. He's just not really been good this year. I've always said about quarterbacks, you give them three years, and after that Mm -hmm. you kind of get an idea of who they are. I agree 100%. Unless Unless it's Daniel Jones.
1: (laughs) Unless it's Daniel Jones. Um Yeah, I mean, look, Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach. Matt Patricia is the OC. We know Joe Judge is working real hard with Mac Jones, James. Oh, yeah. yeah. We respect the hell out of Joe Judge. This ain't some clown show organization. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Uh, Joe Cool. He's Tom and I'm Joe. Uh, Yeah, he's Mac and he's Joe. I'm going with Joe not Mac here. Uh, Mac McCorkle uh, <laughs> Jones. Yep. Um, it's not just because he's you now. I just think Joe Burrow is a winner. Uh, I think the Bengals are really riding high defensively. They're, very improved we we know the pass rush is elite with trey hendrickson and sam hubbard they also have bj hill former giant uh, joseph osai out of last year's draft from texas mm-hmm. and they have a great linebacking core jermaine pratt uh, logan wilson and you know bates back there in the secondary I mean, they're a really good football team they're a really good football team so i i like them to win this week next up Washington Commanders take on the San Francisco 49ers. It is the battle of the backups. Well, starters now. Uh, Taylor Heineke against Brock the Rock Purdy. Uh,
2: Niners favored by seven.
1: Noah, we'll start with you here. Who are you picking?
2: I'm picking the 49ers. Um, They're a way better football team. They're White hot right now. Kyle Shannon is a fantastic play caller as long as it's not the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. And look, Brock Purdy, he may be a backup, but the past two games he's come in, he killed the Bucks, and he was pretty solid his next game as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm picking the 49ers to win this one. Rather convincing, actually. I think they can win this game something like 28-10. to 10.
1: James, what about you? Do you agree with Noah, or do you think Washington stays alive in the playoff hunt? I agree with Noah but you know, make Tom
0: commanders are coming out with that. W Kyle's closet football team is going to come and win and just smoke the 49ers biggest upset of the week.
1: How could you do this? Um, <laughs> you heard it here first folks. Daniel Bakeley disagrees with you. He says Niners wonder if Chase Young makes his debut. That would be key. If he does, it would help Washington out a lot, but, um, Guys, let's not fool ourselves. 49ers are the hottest team in the conference right now. Um, They're 10-4. They're riding high. They're healthy outside of the quarterback position, of course. You have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. Actually, they're not that healthy. They just lost Devo Samuel. What am I saying? Um, They still have Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Jawan Jennings has stepped up nicely this season. And their offensive line is still intact. I think Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey could potentially be the best pair of bookend tackles in the league right now. Uh, I think it'll be too much to overcome for the command. Yes, no. by
2: the by the way, Tom, I have a little fun fact for you. Did you know that Mike McGlinchey is actually the cousin of one quarterback named Matt Ryan? No, it's true. Look it up, man. Really? Yep.
0: Interesting.
1: I mean I, I guess I could kind of see it. I'm picturing the face now. Are there, are they first cousins? Do we know the degree or I think
2: it's first cousins.
1: Yeah. Really cuz yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were they like 10 years apart in age at least? Something like that. I think McGlinchy's twenty six, twenty seven, 26, 27, something like that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh CMC has been huge for my fantasy team. By the way, did I say I'm picking the Niners in
2: this game? I believe I did. Where you hinted Um, at it strongly. Glad I didn't trade him to Noah because I've needed him, lol. Yeah, I've been trying to strong. I tried to strong arm him into trading half his team for Austin Eckler, but he didn't bite.
1: (laughs) Daniel, they have Quentin Nelson. He's not healthy this year. That's the problem. They got, in my opinion, they were in the same draft. You do know that. They got the better of the two um i I think nelson's a step above mcglinchey but mcglinchey's still a really good football player uh i see what he's saying though they could use him over i think who's their right tackle? braden smith something like that yeah yeah but next up this is going to be a fun game to talk about daniel Bakley. And his Philadelphia Eagles travel to Jerry world in Texas. How about them cowboys at 10 and four, coming off a hot loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, 13 one, possibly without Jalen hurts for the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with what an ankle, uh, issue, something, or oh, oh, no separated shoulder. shoulder. What, what, what am I thinking? Um, separated. I'm thinking of Jonathan Taylor with the high ankle sprain. Um, Jalen Hurts, separated shoulder. Will it be him? Will it be Gardner Minshew? Nick Sirianni has not committed to either quarterback yet for that game. But, Mm -hmm. James, can the Eagles win without Hurts? It's a
0: big test for the Eagles, especially if it's a separated shoulder. I mean, I don't know how long of, of a time frame that is for a player to be out. But if you're saying he's out for the rest of the regular season, obviously they're in great position where he can sit out the rest of the regular season, but going into Jerry's land or world, because he's getting even like a better upgrade to his lands this off season. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, I would love both teams to tie, Um, but I am going to go with the Eagles. Um, Eagles are going to win. It's going to be close games. They're only going to win by three.
1: What?
2: Do you, do you get this comment, Noah? I don't. Plays with Minchie not more. back yet. Minchie's ready to play. No, Minchie mi- mi- missed practice. He did? Like yesterday. Everything really? after it it sounds like they think Minchie will play. Uh, Look, I I, all I know is that Hurts has missed two straight practices, so um I'm not 100% sure if he's playing. I would probably, for everything I've heard, I mean, obviously I have no freaking clue because, you know, they haven't said, oh, yeah, yeah, he missed practice for that. He's not injured. They let him go because yeah. he, he had a speech at that funeral. Because yes, um, he
1: played at Washington State where Leach was yep. the coach. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. So, um, but – um. I would I, I'd say I'm about sixty to seventy percent confident Minshew will probably play, uh, which if he does, I would probably expect Dallas to win a close one. If Hertz, well, first off, Hertz was playing, Dallas wouldn't be a minus five favorite. That's number one. But number two, if he was playing, I would probably pick the Eagles to win a tight one. But because he's not, and I assume Minshew's going to play, I, I do like Menchu but he's just kind of a guy I look at as just like a decent game manager. Um, so I think that would take Dallas down. A few pegs, or excuse me, the, the Eagles down a few pegs, and probably Dallas wins a close on something like 27 to 24, maybe. This wasn't flexed the Sunday night game? That's stupid.
1: Sorry, Tom. You'd want to watch this on Sunday night football? Yeah, better than the Bucs and the Cardinals. Oh, actually, yeah, he does have a point there. So, so
0: I, I'm sorry that I just went off on a tangent, but I'd rather see this game than the Bucs and the Cardinals. So continue, Tom. I agree with Daniel's comment there.
1: Well, uh, yeah, no. The the Eagles, they they've won 13 games this year, and they are the superior football team. Uh, I think Dallas just got Tyron Smith back. They're playing him at a different position. Um, they're pissed off. They just lost to the Jaguars. Uh, you know, they're trying to lock in that number five seed. I think they're going to be locked in. Um, but I'll be honest, guys. I don't have an issue with Gardner Minshew. I really don't. I, I really don't. I think the Eagles are the better football team. And. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a real MVP candidate. I don't. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this football game. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm backing up what I said. This Jalen is the Hurts. Jalen Hurts debate club. Debate club. Yes, sir. The Philadelphia Eagles will win with Gardner Minshew, at quarterback, by a field goal. Nice. The Eagles' the second loss of the season will be week 18. Oh. They're going to they're gonna go 15-2 and two and get bounced in the, in the divisional round. It's exactly what's going to happen. It's exactly what's going to happen. And then Brian Attard will be laughing his ass off and outside the yep. box. He will. That's also, that's also another Jalen
2: Hurts debate club area.
1: I will not apologize for making that pick right there. But I, I might have a different pick in quick picks, but, man.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was about to say that, Tom. You're being a bit sneaky here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: Eagles. All right. (laughs) Raiders at Steelers. Um, Obviously we're going to take a moment to remember um, former Steelers legend running back Franco Harris passed away, I believe early this morning at the age of 72 years old. Uh, Very unfortunate that this happened, Um, you know, sending our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Obviously Franco Harris played a pivotal role in, Developing that Steelers dynasty back in the early '70s, he caught the immaculate reception, which, in my personal opinion, greatest play in NFL history. Um, ran for over twelve thousand rushing yards in his career. He won four Super Bowl rings with the Steelers in the '70s. He was the Super Bowl nine MVP. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. Um, So rest in peace, uh, Franco Harris. And uh, Noah, you
2: have a fun fact about Franco, actually. Yes, I did. I had to send it to you. Did you guys know, actually, that Franco Harris is an Italian-American because his father, obviously an African-American, fought in World War II. And then when he was stationed in Germany, he met an Italian woman, and they got married. Uh, She is a war bride, that's what they call it, when a soldier from another country marries a person in the country they're, they're stationed in. Uh, And then they had a son who was Franco Harris. And like you said, fantastic player. But yeah, when I found out he was an Italian-American, I was like, wow, I did not know that. The first, obviously the first African-American, but also the first Italian-American, Tom, to win Super Bowl MVP. Hmm. Wow.
1: Pretty cool. They do say something. And again, I don't know if this applies to Franco Harris, but James will, will get this. If you're Italian and you're from, what's it, Sicily or something? You got to do a DNA test because you might be 5% African or something like that. Something
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really weird, but uh, I I don't know. Like this is not a history class, but I did find that interesting. Um, But yeah, let's uh, talk about this uh, Raiders Steelers game. Um, Remembering Franco Harris, Uh, the Steelers they're favored by two and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams trying to keep their playoff hopes alive Neither are mathematically eliminated yet. The loser of this game is done. The winner of this game has a slimmer of hope considering the Dolphins and the Chargers both lose this week. Um, I'm going with the Steelers here. I think there's a lot of emotions riding high. I'm still going to call it Hinesfield because I can't even pronounce whatever the other name is. Um, Kenny Pickett is back starting. Again, West Coast, East Coast. Road trip, I I think the Steelers are the better coach team. I think they're going to win the football game. Noah?
2: Um, I think this is another close game, but I'm probably going to go the other way. I think the Raiders can win a close one. Obviously, like you said, the Steelers will be motivated. However, the Raiders will also be motivated after that crazy ending last week. Um, Playoff credentials, obviously, heavily on the line. But the main reason I would pick the Raiders to win this game is, yes, like you said, the Steelers are better coached. However, Kenny Pickett uh, versus Derek Carr, I would give Derek Carr a pretty comfortable lead in that quarterback battle. Uh, he's been playing, you know, had a pretty solid season. He always kind of flies on the radar a bit. But, uh, you know, he's got one of the best receivers in the NFL. Josh Jacobs has been an elite running back this year. On the other side, Pittsburgh's offense has been anemic most of the season. I know they beat Carolina, but let's be honest, Carolina stinks. They're absolutely terrible. Um, I'd probably pick the Raiders, but, you know, I could see it being a close game, probably something like 24-21. Vegas.
1: Okay. James, you're the tiebreaker here.
0: Steelers won. Okay. There you go.
1: 27-24. All right. So, with that being said, I want to announce the 2023 Pro Bowl quarterbacks have been announced for the NFC. It is Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, and Geno Smith. I make pretty sense. good choices. Yeah, no arguments there. For the AFC, Patrick Mahomes,
2: Obviously. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Correct. Nice. Yeah. Think they got him. I think they got them all right there. Yeah. I will uh, say it's a bit unfortunate for guys like uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence to miss the Pro Bowl, but when you look at those top three, it makes sense. It does make. Well, the AFC stacked quarterback wise. The NFC is not. So that's yeah. that's why they definitely made those picks. Normally, on the a... breaking news, Rudy has a ten, signed to attend Notre Dame. Well, that means that Oregon's going to steal him away. Old boy, from what I've been seeing today, I
1: hate this so much. Um, it's been a rough day for the Fighting Irish. Two recruits taken by the Oregon Ducks. But last game, the. Green Bay Packers travel down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. Miami's favored by four. They've lost three in a row. Packers have won two in a row. Dolphins are 5-1 and at home this season. They've been dominant. Can Green Bay run the table and sneak into the playoffs? James. The way they looked the other night, yes. But they're going
0: to Miami. And Miami... Is just on a different level. I don't think Green Bay's able to keep up. I think Aaron Rodgers is clicking with his rookies, but it's too late. Dolphins are going to win this by three.
1: Okay.
2: Noah? I don't think the Packers have any shot. I mean, yes, they've won two straight, but one of those games, first of all, it was a comeback against the Bears when they were down most of the game. And they beat the Rams, who have been terrible this year, and they had Baker Mayfield at quarterback. It wasn't even Matthew Stafford playing. So I don't think the Packers have been good at all this season. You know, I agree with James. I think, uh, you know, Christian Watts and Aaron Rodgers, those guys, they're starting to get a bit of chemistry going finally. But, um, the, look, the Dolphins are not the Bears or Rams. They're way better. And, plus, they're also at home. Uh, Tua Hill and Waddle, I think they'll, they'll get it going. Packers secondary can definitely be beaten. I'd pick the, the Dolphins to win this game 31-20. to 20.
1: Yeah, I like the Dolphins too. We'll have a clean sweep here. McDaniel gets them back on the right track. Um, they played well Saturday night. I mean, Raheem Mostert and Salvin Ahmed had a good game. Um, but outside of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, Tua has to get more guys involved in the offense, like Trent Sherfield and Mike jasiki specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 need more than just those two weapons, as good as as great as they are. Uh, I think they'll find the way against the Green Bay Packers. I think Rodgers might have the ability to keep it close, but. When you have receivers like Christian Watson not looking and trying to block, uh, he could have easily caught a touchdown on that Monday night game. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: And Daniel says, I don't see Green Bay covering those wide receivers. I, I happen to agree with that. Uh, Garth says, wait, last game. I missed Chargers at Colts Monday night football preview. No, Garth, you didn't. Um, actually, you know what? I mean, I would say we'd go over it, but I think it's pretty clear that the Chargers are going to smack them, especially with Nick
2: Foles at QB. Yeah, they're going to boat race the Colts, dare I say.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The Chargers will be 9-6. and They'll be in the driver's seat for the 5-seed. Not 5-seed, 6-seed in the AFC. James, do you agree with that? Chargers? Yeah. Boat race? Colts. Chargers, yeah. Colts isn't going to have any chance race, new uh, – it's been a term worries. in the review and preview dictionary for a while now.
0: But mm. Before Noah joined the brand.
2: Yep,
1: that's true. That wraps up our football talk, but we're not done. We are mm. far from done. We have something to talk about, guys. Yes. So I was up late last night doing work for work and us here at Review and Preview. <laughs> And that annoying kid on the NYM news account that I don't like um, tweeted that the Mets signed shortstop Carlos Correa to a 12 year, $315 million deal. Uh, This is a week after agreeing to a larger contract with the San Francisco Giants. He failed a physical, unfortunately that led to this. I don't know how the Mets were able to sign him like this. And, you know, there's, if he fails a physical here with the Mets, who knows if the, maybe this deal could fall through too. I'm not so sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Steve, Steve Cohen continues to empty the bank this off season. He spent over $800 million. James, before I absolutely ripped this a, a new one, I, I want your opinion on this here. Um, what do you think of this deal? How do you sign somebody? 12 years
0: and that much money and when he failed the physical already why don't you have him do the physical first make sure he's healthy enough to play I also don't like the deal 12 years come on how many, how many guys have we signed for plus or 12 years and that gets has this weird ass injury that the Mets somehow create, and then he's out for half the year. Like he he only plays like eight years, or six years, and we pay him this boatload of money. I think the I think Cohen is a spender, which us Mets fans it's about time to see. But I do think he's not looking at it from a baseball standpoint. This guy failed a physical what, two days ago, three days ago, a week ago, whatever it was. It wasn't a very long time ago. And then they signed him to this massive contract. So either the physical was completely BS across the country, or they're like, well, I'll just sign him anyway. And when he gets healthy, he's on the team. We'll just rock and roll with him. I think Steve Cohen is spending the money in the wrong places. I think he really needs to work on this farm system a little bit. Instead of keep signing these big guys, I get it. You have bats now. You got other key players. But what happens when all these big names and big bats go into slums? Team starts losing. And we're also signing a lot of old L, older players. I
1: don't forget his age. He's 28.
0: 28. All right. So he has a
1: so – But he's be, signed till he's 40. That, he's signed until that, he's
0: 40. So yeah. it's going to be a retirement home. That's why he's moving the fences – Mm-hmm. I mean yeah you're going to add more seats which makes more money from my standpoint for what I do but it's turning into a freaking retirement home what are you going to do when he's not producing and you want to trade him you let DeGrom walk and don't get nothing out of him I mean come on man Tom I'll stop because I'm sure you
1: got a lot more to rant well, I actually want Noah to talk first because I'm still brewing here on this one
2: yeah no i'll let you stew and fester for a few more minutes while i kind of give my thoughts on this um first of all i was very surprised when i saw the thing oh he fell a physical i was like okay you know what no big deal probably you know two or three days from now it will just be made official with the giants just a little bit of a hiccup yeah. and i wake up this morning and i see and i'm like what the hell just happened he signed with the mets um interesting in my opinion as unbiased as possible because obviously you know i'm i'm a big Mets hater they live rent free in my head and all that but um, <laughs> he is a good player he's one of the best shortstops in the mlb however obviously he's not probably going to be playing shortstop because they already have lindor they got to move somebody to third base i would expect it to be correa um but 12 years for a guy who's already 28 you have these long term contracts first of all you got verlander who's 39 signed to 3 years right tom 3 years three years so he's going to his 42 you have two more years of scherzer who's like 38 and 39 as well you signed brandon nimmo to eight years to a very inflated contract even though i think he's a very good player that's going to take him into his late 30s obviously you have this contract you have the Lindor contract they signed that japanese kid as well so we'll see how he does as well but look no excuses for mets fans biggest payroll in the mlb and it's not even close big spender Steve Cohen has opened the pocketbook which you know some Mets fans would like some people would say he, he's misappropriating the money but you know look I'll just throw it out there right now Tom I'll throw you a bone here uh, the the New York Mets will win the NL East this year I think they are the favorites however you know I always got to say Mets are gonna met so you know it's possible they could underachieve um But look, you know, I will say this, throwing all your money at something, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to win a World Series. I think the Mets have handicapped themselves here to where they basically have gone all in. They have to win in the next two or three years because if they don't, a lot of these – obviously the pitching is going to fall apart when Verlander and Scherzer leave. They're going to have these massive contracts for players that will be getting up in age and eventually declining and that they can't get rid of. they have no farm system, by the way. Uh, Brett Beatty is absolutely screwed over by this signing. Uh-huh. Alvarez isn't going to play this year either because they signed Omar Narvaez. So say goodbye to the two prospects Mets fans were most excited to see. It's basically it's like poker. They went all in. They put all their chips in to win in the next two or three years. And if they don't, it's going to get bad really quick. So, yes, I think they'll be great to start. I'd even expect them to win their division, maybe go to a championship series or something like that. But realistically, the expectation, Tom, is World Series or bust. Tom, before you, went, before you go, I, I, no,
0: I'm glad I, you brought up Beatty. Actually, mm-hmm. this past summer at my cousin's wedding, I had two other cousins that lives in Texas that know Beatty, like really well went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. I think they're not giving him a chance to show what he has. You're now transitioning – shortstop to third base yes i know it's on the same side of the infield yes it's probably not much different other than it's the hottest corner in the league but why don't you just go after an actual third baseman why are you transitioning somebody over from what they've played for most of their life to a third baseman it doesn't make sense in my eyes tom now you can go
1: all right i'm gonna put all st nick on for this By the way, what's up, Hank? Appreciate your comment. Um, All right. What the fuck is wrong with this team? Mm. I was happy when he signed with the Giants because I'm like, oh, it's not us. But once he failed the physical, I had a feeling Steve Cohen was going to pull a rabbit out of his ass. And, James, to elaborate on your point, uh, I just don't think he knows the baseball business. He he doesn't know how to build a team. No from scratch it's all about buying 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 he's going to spend all his money and it doesn't work more often than not the Mets have trapped themselves in a two to three year window yes Noah
2: I just want to at one point I forgot to bring up the the top two payrolls in the league last year Tom the Dodgers and Mets and neither of them even won a playoff series go ahead the Mets are trying to be the Dodgers,
1: but they're they're not. The Dodgers did it their way a little bit better. Um, you know what happens to Brett Beatty? I know he can play the outfield. But what's he going to do? Rotate and platoon with Mark Canha? That's not going to work well. Canha signed until twenty twenty five. You still have Eduardo Escobar on the roster. I mean, you basically I know Correa is going to play third, but you signed the same position. Yeah. Where, uh, all right, fine. I I look at the bullpen. You spent a lot of money on Diaz. You. Resigned Ottavino. they went out and they got Dave Robertson. They traded for Brooks Raley. That that's all cool and good. But where's the depth? What happens if one of those guys gets hurt?
2: Allocate your resources elsewhere. Don't spend twelve years on this guy. And by the way, Tom Carlos Correa is a guy that has bad injury history. He only plays about 110 games a season. So,
1: so yeah. we probably will see Brett Beatty a little bit at third base this season. Uh, if I had to guess, um, I, he he's a great hitter, good contact hitter. You know, he's great for the Houston Astros. He's former teammates with Justin Verland. They're great to see him back, but uh, you know, Cohen spent over 800 million on players this off season. Um, since he's been with the Mets, he spent about 3.6% of his net worth in three years.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: it's a problem. You know, he's the richest owner in MLB history and he'll field the team next year with the largest payroll in MLB history and, you know, somehow people are like, oh, well, when you got the Verlander and Scherzer contracts coming up, Escobar, McKin- I don't, I don't know how you could re-sign both McNeil and Alonzo. I don't know how it could be done. I think Alonzo gets re-signed. I think McNeil walks and goes elsewhere. I, I don't think he's going to stick around once his contract is up. I know they have to avoid arbitration again somehow, Uh
0: that's the other thing. He's just letting all these freaking players walk.
1: We could get De, people for him. DeGrom left for a reason. Well, yes. All these Mets yes. fans are saying like, "Oh, I did, screwed." The, if, if you're if you're saying screw Jacob the Grom for leaving, there's something mentally wrong with you. There, there really is. DeGrom got out of a shitty situation. He knew where this was going. This was going haywire. This is great right now for the next three years, but. You have to build your team. Get these younger guys some more time. I like the Kadai Senga signing. Uh, you know, I like that they brought in Jose Quintana, you know, to be a guy. But what about Tyler McGill? Let him develop, right? Uh-huh. Let him develop. Let Brett Beatty play. Let Francisco Alvarez play. Let those young kids play. Their homegrown talent right now is Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, and Brandon Nimmo, as far as the starting lineup goes. Now, you know, I get it. There's a DH position, so they 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 could allocate Brett Beatty to DH for some games. You know, they still have some good players. But um, did I just see that Correa's contract expires about a year before Bobby Benia's? Yep, that's funny. That's yeah. very very funny. Um, I do think there's a good shot the Mets win the NL East this year, but I don't know about a World Series. I don't know if nah. this gets them over the hump of beating the Dodgers or possibly even the Braves in the playoffs because you can't guarantee mm. everyone's going to be healthy at that time. And the, the problem is, you know, you're going to – a lot of these good teams are in the NL East and they'll be seeing the Mets all year long, you know. I, I don't know well, what your take is on that, Noah, but, uh, mm-hmm. again, I'm not the biggest fan of this signing. I thought the Mets were fine without him. I, I mean, I would he, rather let let the young talent grow.
2: Right. I mean, it's tough to say because, you know, I throw it back to the Dodgers, who, you know, did the same thing pretty much last year. They spent heavily, you know, biggest payroll, whatever. They won, what was it, 111 games in the regular season. They looked like the best team in, you know, MLB. People said, oh, they won the World Series. What happened? They played a team that was behind them in their division, and it wasn't even close. They lost in four games to the Padres. Could something like that happen to the Mets? I mean, I definitely think this is a team that could win 100, 105 games with the roster they have, how much they're paying, Maybe win the NL East, I could definitely see that as well. But, you know, like they said, if if they face up against a team like the Braves or maybe even the Cardinals, who knows, we'll see what they do this year. The Phillies, they were just in the the World Series as well. I mean, the the National League has a lot of really good teams. So I don't think this is a a signing that's just like, oh, the Mets are easily going to win the World Series. I think they can contend for it. However, like I said, I think it hamstrings them. They need to win in the next two or three years or it's just going to fall apart instantly
1: yeah i mean look and don't get me wrong i think the mets are going to be a better team than they were last year as far as getting further i think they'll get past the wild card round this year but again again you're looking to get this team over the hump and build long-term success i don't want a two to three year window with these guys because now you have lindor and correa signed for an eternity you have Nimo signed for a very long time um it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They spent a lot of money at, at Justin Verlander. Um, granted, it was a panic move after DeGrom left, in my opinion. Um, I you know, I feel like some Mets fans are more excited for Kate Upton than Justin Verlander.
2: I can't blame him.
1: Shout out to my girlfriend, Deanna Karen, saying let's go Mets with the orange and blue hearts. Deanna, hopefully by the end of 2023, the Hall of Fame room will only be 44% empty. Um, that is my goal. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm excited for the season. I hope the Mets do very well. But, man. The Mets still have um, Vogel back on their team, right? They do. Danny Donuts.
0: Danny Donuts. All right. That, that's that's Kyle's favorite player on the Mets. So. Yeah. I don't
1: blame him for that. (laughs) Uh, Noah, James, any final thoughts here before we sign off tonight? We went two full hours, just like old times, James. Just like old times back Uh, in the studio. uh, Thanks for letting me jump on
0: last minute, Tom. Appreciate it. It was nice to get behind the screen to talk sports with you guys. Noah, it was great talking sports with you for the very first time. Hopefully we can do this some more. Um, Hopefully I can get on uh, pucking around with you and Garth. Absolutely. talk about Rangers, maybe uh have an islander ranger segment with me tom uh hank uh you know but yeah thank you both for letting me jump on your show and kind of crashing the party and hopefully you guys have a great uh christmas and hanukkah and whatever else you guys celebrate at this time of year
2: yeah no 100 uh, percent. great to talk to james obviously great to talk to you as well tom uh to to you guys and obviously everyone watching uh thank you for watching Uh, Have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, Uh, you know, spend time with family and whatnot. And, uh, hey, let's go dogs, man. Repeat coming in less than a month, baby. Absolutely. And at least we know
1: Danny Dimes can be him. That is right. Daniel Jones is the future of the New York football Giants for 2023. So very excited about that. Uh, Noah, James, appreciate you both joining me here tonight. Um, hope everyone has a happy holiday. Um, you know, as everybody said, you guys took the words right out of my mouth. Hank, it says one more thing LFGR. That's right. Let's go, Rangers. Um, tune into Big Blue Avenue tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. I'll be live with Sam Cardona. We'll be previewing the Giants Vikings game. Uh, also, this is the final review and preview of 2022. So I want to thank you all for joining us this year, watching all of our shows here at Review and Preview Sports. We still have Big Blue Avenue tomorrow night, out of line Friday night. Um, you know, Noah and Garth, I'm not sure if you guys are running pucking around next week yet. We'll, you know, we'll talk about that, but I know we'll have somewhat of a lighter schedule next week. But until next year, folks, this has been Review and Preview here on YouTube and Facebook Live. On behalf of Noah Dibler, James Montefusco, I'm Tom Scavetta. Have a good night, everybody.